0: I'm Hillary. And I'm Sandra. Coming up on the Quick and the Dirty podcast, we're so excited about this podcast. This guest is a legendary 80s porn star. You know her. You love her. Miss Ginger Lynn is coming up. She has been ranked number
1: seven of all time. She's been in Metallica videos. She's done so many
0: things and she manages to keep reinventing herself. Yeah, and she even tells us the secret to great sex. So, ladies, you're going to want to listen to this. Honestly, uh, it made sense. It made a lot of sense. (laughs) And it was not what I expected. The Quick and the Dirty Podcast with Hillary Welch and Sandra Plukakis.
1: So Sandra, you know I love doing this podcast with you. It's fun to have a, a sex and relationships podcast, but there are a few downsides. I can't imagine what they would be. <laughs> so last week, you and I were chatting and I was in my backyard on my phone. And we're having a discussion about Things we want to talk about and people we want to book
0: in the future. And one of those topics was cuckolds. Right. Oh, that's right. We had that, <laughs> the cuckolding conversation where you said the word cuckold about 40 times on your end. Yeah. Yes. And then I looked across my yard and
1: sitting in the yard just on the other side of the fence staring at me are my new neighbors.
0: <laughs> oh, please tell me they were older. They're like a nice, like innocent middle-aged family. Oh, okay. So they're sitting in their backyard and they're hearing you say the word cuckold 40 times. (laughs) And talking about what that means. (laughs) You know, she Googled it, right? A hundred percent. She was Googling it. I think, here's what I think. I know that you were immediately embarrassed by that. But here's what I have come to learn on this podcast. People are freaks. It, and it's the people you least expect. So you sit there and you say, oh, they're this really nice middle-aged couple. 100% they're doing some freaky shit in their bedroom. You are totally getting this wrong.
1: Well, at the same time, they now think I'm doing some pretty freaky <laughs> shit in my bedroom. And we all know that
0: ain't true. Oh, sure, Hillary. All right, down. I know nothing of the sort. Although the next time you invite a woman or a man over and they come over as a single, they're going to wonder. Please invite me to please invite me to your house because I'll give them a show. Please, that's all I ask. (laughs) If you were a hot-blooded man in the 1980s, chances are you know the name Ginger Lynn. She was one of the top adult film stars of her day. And according to her Wikipedia page, because I checked, she is ranked number seven on the list of greatest porn stars of all time. Today we are so excited to welcome the legendary Ginger Lynn. Yes. Yes. Yes, welcome. The crack is wild. <laughs> number seven, girl.
2: I know. Isn't that amazing of all time, number seven? And I'm thinking, how in the world did I get to be number seven? My, can I swear on this show? You sure fucking can. <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to say, I, <laughs> I don't have a golden pussy. I don't have anything different than any of the girls. The, I, I just, the only reason I can think of, for the life of me as to why I became number seven is because of my attitude. I loved what I did. I enjoyed 99% of what I did. It was always fun. And I think that came through on, on, on camera. And you were saying that any hot blooded male, I had as many female fans watching my movies as I did men. And I think that's because I was, um, you know, how a lot of porn stars are, are, like a, a panther. They're sleek and they're black and they're scary and they're unapproachable and they're beautiful. I'm more like a puppy dog that runs around, and gets excited and pees. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's and so awesome. I, I, <laughs> Oh, my God. I didn't scare anybody off. They're like, no, honey, let's try putting it in our, in our butt. Ginger
1: does it. <laughs> Honestly, Ginger, I have looked at your website, and it's so clear that beyond all of, like, the incredible work you've done, your work ethic continues to be incredible. And I think that might have something to do with your number seven place.
2: Possibly. I, I've always been the kind of person that wants whatever I'm doing, I want to be the very best at it that I can do. And after being, you know, an adult film star, there's there's that moment where you go, what the fuck am I going to do now? And so over the years, I've, I've changed and grown. When I first stopped doing porn, I remember the day uh, that I quit. I woke up one day and rather than saying, "Yay, I'm gonna suck so-and-so's dick, I'm gonna eat this pussy," I woke up and went, "I don't want to do this anymore." And I called my my uh, the owner of the company that I was under contract with, and let him know that I was. I was done. I was only, you know, that I had a contract. I would fulfill my last two movies, but uh, then I wouldn't be making anymore. And so I did those last two movies and I did the best that I could. And then all of a sudden I woke up and went, oh shit, I own a, I own a home in Beverly Hills. Now what am I going to do? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so I, I went downtown to a place called Burgers Beads and I put $3,000 worth of beads in my credit card. And I designed jewelry. And for three years, I had my jewelry on consignment on Sunset Boulevard, Santa Monica Boulevard, and Hollywood Boulevard in every little shop that I could find. And I paid my mortgage for years by designing jewelry.
0: Wow. That's
2: incredible. So I kind of evolved. That was just the second step. And, you know, there's been many more since then. I'm, I'm Now, I, I guess if I would describe what I do today... I start filming on the 27th. uh, My fourth film this year. What do you mean? Mainstream.
0: So, but you're not. Oh, mainstream. That's well. Well, that's what I was going to say because I know you're not an adult film star anymore. You're actually in mainstream film right now.
2: Yes, I have been consistently since 1986 is when I got my SAG card. So at this point, I've done more adult. Than I've done main, or I've done more mainstream than I've done adult.
1: That's absolutely incredible because it's difficult to make that crossover. There are a few people who've managed to move from adult film into the mainstream, but you're definitely like, you're killing it. I I, I have to knock on wood. (laughs) (laughs) I did a film last
2: year, uh, a a short film that went into a lot of the different uh, film festivals. And at one of the film festivals, out of all of the films that were submitted that particular season, I won Best Supporting Actress in a mainstream film for a movie called Dirty Blonde. So I've got my my awards up on my desk, and I've got one that's uh, from the Hustler store when I had my hands put into cement on Sunset Boulevard. And I've got my best group grope award sitting there, <laughs> and I've got you know can't leave that one out. It's just too funny. And now I've got my best supporting actress up on the wall above that. So
0: that's pretty um, incredible yeah, when you I'm think about where you girl. you. Well, I don't know if it's all about luck, Ginger. I mean, obviously you're industrious and you're smart and you know how to how to pivot and uh, and and I guess read what what people want of you as well right? Like you talk about being enthusiastic. I I feel like you just, you just have that, that social skill.
2: I do have the social skill, but thanks to my grandmother, I have the the creative skill. And for the last 25 years, uh, other than mainstream work and I've got, you know, four or five websites that I run, uh, I've become a successful artist. I've sold hundreds of paintings. Holy cow. And that's, that's what I do now. And if you want to check out my art, it's at com. I just finished a piece yesterday that I'm staring at right now. It's huge. (laughs) Excuse me, I have the hiccup. It's 40 by 60. (laughs) It's real life. It's, it's, It's beautiful. So that's, that's what I'm doing now. So I don't know if it's reading people so much as taking my natural gifts and, Writing them out there and letting people know, okay, this is what I do now, you know. And on top of that, I do OnlyFans and I do uh, GingerLynn.com and I do GingerLynnAuctions.com and I do GingerLynnArt.com. So I'm I'm a pretty
1: You're a busy lady, yeah. Busy
2: lady, yeah.
1: I have a question for you because you've managed to go from the porn industry into, like, legitimate... I I think porn is legitimate film, but into what people would call legitimate film. And we've all seen terrible acting in porn, but do you think to be a truly, like, number seven of all time porn actress, do you have to be a good actor? You know... (laughs) The first time I saw myself on film,
2: well, let me go back. The first time I performed on film, uh, I was on the island of Kauai. It was my first movie. I had the leading role. I had script approval. I had cast approval. And my first scene up was a sex scene. And I did it, and it was fine. It was wonderful. It was fabulous. I had an orgasm. It was just, yay I'm being paid for this this is beautiful I, <laughs> I wore my prom dress for the scene it was just <laughs> brilliant and then we it was right afterwards we we're filming a scene where I'm running along this bike path and there's a guy in a motorcycle that's heckling me on the side and all I have to do is tell him to leave me alone well I'm running along and there's a guy running along next to me with this big stick and a microphone on it called a boom and Every time I went to say my dialogue, I would crack up laughing. I could not get a word of dialogue out. I could fuck on film, no problem. Want me to talk? And I was, a, I was a moron. It was horrible. We had to <laughs> shut down production for the day because I couldn't do it. And so, it, in the beginning, I was, I was horrible. Uh, when I stopped doing adult, although throughout my adult film career. I think I have five Best Actress Awards, so I don't know if, if I had some natural talent or everyone just had less than I did, but what I did when I finished adult movies is I enrolled in the Beverly Hills Playhouse in, in Beverly Hills, California with Milton Casellas, and I studied there for six years.
0: Right. So you, you understood no. the craft and you, you knew, you obviously, when you were still in it, making adult film, you knew that you wanted to make the transition.
2: Well, I knew that I wanted to be better at what I was doing. You know, I wanted to be a better actress. I wanted to be better at it. And, and yes, as soon as I finished doing adult, or yeah, the adult, I, I knew that, okay, I'm going into mainstream now. This is what I'm going to do.
0: Can I just talk about and, your, I mean, can I ask you about your golden pussy or lack thereof? <laughs> absolutely because as soon as we introduce, awesome. as soon as i introduced you and you said you didn't have a golden pussy i can't stop thinking about the fact that you don't have a golden pussy because i've always thought i know i know for a fact i don't have a golden pussy like a hundred percent and i know for a fact i have faked orgasms to the degree that i think i could win an award for them like yes! I have faked yes! so many orgasms to get my fucking husband off me, you have no idea. <laughs> Just to make it stop. So, <laughs> so really, it's about enthusiasm, and that's all that people want to see is enthusiasm. I'll remember that. <laughs> I, I I
2: agree, and and you know, I when I'm with my partner, I'm a, it's like if you were a a ballet dancer. And you're in the middle of this dance and you and your other the partner are the only two people there. One of my, my secrets, quote unquote, was I didn't perform for the camera. I, I I performed with my partner and that performed. I I danced, I thought, I, I I loved, I I was really there. Connected, right? I was there in every scene, yeah. It was so important. And you know, and I I, I, I like would worship the wiener. You know?
1: It, it. a <laughs> girl. Okay. Top advice from Ginger Lynn.
0: If you want to be great at sex, worship the wiener. Worship
2: the wiener. That's right.
0: <laughs> but isn't that true? Like anybody, any time you're having sex with anybody, you just want <laughs> to feel that the other person is so into you. That just makes it so much better, doesn't it?
2: it oh, absolutely. That's one of the reasons why I always insisted on, on cast approval because, I never wanted to do a scene that I, again, didn't feel good about. And it was so important for me to connect with my partner. I used to get in trouble all the time uh, on the set because there was kind of a a golden rule. Once your makeup was on, you just stayed put until it was time to film. Well, for me, once my lips went on, that's when Ginger Lynn, the porn star, kicks in. That's when I felt (laughs) sexiest. It was like, okay, my lips are on. And I had this this. Fault where if I saw the guy that I was working with I was down on that that cock before you knew what was going on <laughs> with my makeup on before we started shooting so you are your I used to own mess fluffer my makeup up all the time <laughs> I used to get I got fired once from a set because I wouldn't stop having sex before <laughs> we started filming <laughs> that's how enthusiastic I was that is enthusiastic but one of my secrets in filming is you know, you were talking about fake orgasms earlier, and, and I'm a woman. We've all faked an orgasm. But the whole point for me on film was I wanted to have a good time. You know, I, I my, my orgasm was as important to me as my partner's orgasm. And if you didn't know how to do it, I had little secrets and little tips. Like for girls, if you didn't know how to lick pussy, I would put uh, ChapStick on the outer and inner lips of my pussy, on the hood of my clit, on my taint, and then ask you to lick it off. And it's waxing. It takes a while. And so it was a way for a girl not to go straight for the clit, not to stick their tongue right in the hole, but it was a way for them to move around and and enjoy the entire area. So that was my little... my little.
1: I just took notes. I'm going to use that tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it really works. And with, with, with my. Partner. You don't want to use
1: the minty kind, though, because that gets weird. <laughs> it, it, You know,
2: the minty kind is not so bad. It, it, there's a tingle and a warmth and a coolness that comes along with there it. There you go, <laughs> Hillary. I'm a fan of both.
0: Um, I think that all guys or all women should go out and buy some chapstick today to help out their, their male <laughs> friends or female friends, whatever. Doesn't matter. Exactly. Shit, that's good exactly.
1: advice. In- it you just it sails it, through the roof. Like <laughs> seriously.
0: <laughs> I try it first with
2: peanut butter, but it's just too
0: messy. <laughs> How well do you know your co stars before you start having sex with them on screen? Like you talk about you want to have a connection with them, but do you meet them the day of the shoot? Do you meet them beforehand? What is your interaction with them before you get to the sex?
2: Well, you know, it was a very small adult industry, when I was in it, there were probably 50 people. So everybody kind of knew everybody. And what I would do in the beginning, if I'd never worked with someone before, is I would look at, you know, we had a, a book. It was a three-ring binder, and in the binder are all the nude photos of all of the actors. So my first day that I went in to be a model, the my agent took Polaroids, like five or six of them of me, nude, and put them in a book. So there was the girl book and the guy book. So I would go through the guy book, find someone that I was physically attracted to first. And then on the set, as I said, before the filming began, I would talk to my co-star, what do you like? What turns you on? Um, you know, finding out what they wanted to do. And so rather than getting in front of the camera and the director say, okay, I want you and doggy, then move into this, my partner and I would have already discussed what we enjoyed and and we wouldn't say, all right, we're going to go from this position to that position to this one. We would more so go, okay, I love my, my nipples pinched. I love a finger up my butthole. Uh, you know, those kinds of things that we would be able to incorporate naturally as the scene went on.
1: Do you think that, like, the porn industry has changed in that way? Like, I don't feel like that's something that people could ask for now. Like, was that part of your contract? Oh, completely different. I made a comeback. Well, I made my films.
2: My my initial 69 films were shot in two years and three months. Uh, and then I took a 13-year break. I made a comeback for two years, which was fabulous. That was 1999 to 2001. And then I took another break. And in 2005, I came back uh, for two years. And the entire industry had changed. There were no more – there were very few – feature films being made, like girls today will, will say, Oh, I've done 4,822 scenes. And I go, I made 69 films. Now within those films, I may have had two or three sexy in each of them, but they were thought of as films. And today there's no, there's rarely a script. If any, it's anybody who has a camera, you know, they can lower it down and watch themselves get a blowjob. will make a movie. Everybody sets things up on tripods, and the girls will go from scene to scene. It's not unusual for a girl to do two to three scenes in a day. And so you basically just walk in. Um, If you're one of the the girls that care at all, you'll talk to your partner, and then you fuck. But what they do is they shoot stills of you fucking first. So they determine your position. So they'll go, okay, let's get you in in cowgirl here. Now you're going to be in plow. Now you're going into scissors. And they take photos of you doing those things simulated, which means that once you start the scene, you're locked in to those positions. And there's very few variants that you're allowed. And I just, I just couldn't do it. I, I was just, you know, there was no passion. There was no lead up. I, I remember sitting there getting ready to do my scene, and uh, I was talking to my, my leading man, and there was another big-name porn star, and she was sitting on one end of a sofa. Her partner was on the other scene, the other end. She's on her phone uh, doing something. He's playing video games. They had no connection. They didn't say a word to each other until they were called on set, and then they just got up and walked off and talked. So it, it's fucking by numbers. For the most part today, I'm sure that there are women out there that really do enjoy what they do, and there are some good films made. But the majority of what's made today is just flash bucking.
0: And are, is there any money to be made anymore in that industry?
2: I don't think so. You know, there's rather than being 50 people, there's there's 5,000, and so there's so much competition. The directors and producers don't have to fight over the big stars. They just have to determine which girl they want to use. They want to use first. And what they tend to do is, the girls want so badly to be popular and and famous right away that you know I've known girls that have done a, a double penetration on their first day. That's a cock in your pussy and your ass. This is not something for amateurs,
0: or you go, oh, I'll try that today. Don't I know it. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do you? you got to work up to it, you know? It's, 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 it's
0: a builder. It's, it's not there's, your first move. There's a- Are you, like, typically
1: then, uh, and I hate to use this term, but I also love to use it, blowing your load on the first round, like you've left nothing for people to look forward to? Um, No, there's a... Uh, there's always more sex is such a wonderful,
2: open-ended, beautiful thing to participate in that there are no rules. There's no ending. There's no I, – I can have an orgasm within the first minute and still have four more. So I don't think that –
1: I just meant on film for fans. Like you've thrown, you've already, you're already going into double penetration. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like yeah, you, you y- you'd feel like, like later on in your career, that's something you sort exactly, of get to. Exactly, exactly. I understand the question now. Yeah, there's no place to go
2: from there. And, and so what happens is the girls, they have anywhere from a three to six month shelf life on average.
0: Wow, that's and it, eh? And,
2: and it, yeah, because they'll do everything. They'll shoot, like I said, three, four scenes a day and then they'll just be used up and they'll go on to the next girl that comes in there's no shortage and girls grow up wanting to be porn stars now
0: wow <laughs> <laughs>
2: whereas uh, but- when i when i got into it it was taboo it was it was illegal it was like it, it, we were rebels we were outlaws there was another level of of excitement doing it because you weren't supposed to be doing it
0: well you didn't want to be a porn star, did you? You kinda of fell into it by going to a modeling agency or something like that.
2: I didn't plan on it. No, not at all. I I was uh managing record stores at the time and I just wasn't making enough money to survive in California. So I did answer an ad in the Orange County Tribune or Orange County Sun and it was for new figure modeling and I'm five foot fun, which is you know, somewhere between five foot one and five foot three, depending on my, my mood, my hair. <laughs> so I'm I'm a little thing. And I knew that, you know, <laughs> figure modeling, it, there was no way that I was going to said 500 to $5,000 a day. And I'm thinking at five foot, nothing, there's no way I'm going to be a model model. This has to be nudity, which I had no problem with. And when they started asking me to do commercial scenes, which are sex scenes, I, I said, no, I, I said, you know, I, I had the same stereotype image of porn stars that a lot of people did back then, that they were, they were hookers and drug addicts and just not, not the cream of the crop of, of society. And then I met a porn star one day that was Jacqueline Lorien, she was beautiful and intelligent and articulate, and I, I wanted to be like her. So I, I met someone that I was enamored with. And thought, if this beautiful woman who's got her shit together could do it, then my thoughts are wrong. You know, I have the wrong impression, and I had to reevaluate uh, my, my thought process.
0: I've always admired women so, who are adult, form, adult film stars or porn stars, you know, because you guys have something that I have never had, and that is this confidence in your bodies, where do you get that confidence? And you were young. You were 18, 19 when you started doing adult films. And I, maybe, maybe all those body image issues hadn't entered you yet. You know what I mean? The way it enters women now and it, we, and it just consumes so many of us. How were you so right. confident so early like that?
2: You know, I, never, I grew up in a, in a household where you know, my dad's chair in the living room had a, a coffee table next to it. And there would be Playboy magazines on it. And so I was. It was not unusual. I was not banned from looking through the pictures. So I used. To, I grew up looking at beautiful nude women, and thought it, it was just totally natural. We didn't walk around our house naked or anything. There wasn't anything weird. But nudity was not a bad thing. That's how you were born. You were just naked, and nudity were normal. And so because of that fact, I never. I never judged my body i just went this is my body it's different from that one different from this one but it's mine and and there's nothing wrong with it so it was just more instilled in me that nudity was natural
1: so you bringing up uh, an interesting point with your family how did they react when they found out you were in the industry and how has it affected your relationships through life it, it was not pretty when they found out i uh
2: I didn't, my parent. I had posed for Penthouse and I told my parents that I'd posed for Penthouse. And three months later, I was making my first film. So it was about five months into my, my career and I, I had a, a, a pager with an answering service at the time. So it was about six o'clock in the morning one morning and my pager goes off and it's my answering service saying you've got an emergency phone call, you need to call home. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, somebody died. Who's going to call me at this time in the morning? And it was my father on the other end of the phone going, what the fuck have you been doing? And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> what had happened was my dad went down to the local bookstore, put the little coin in the slot, and there I was on film having sex in doggy position oh, with John Jeremy.
0: Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, so, no. Oh, my God, I'm thinking For of anyway, my father.
2: <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God, My nightmare. father, he tried to purchase all of the copies of the film, and the guy at the store said to me, are you kidding? No way. So my father proceeded to beat him up. Oh, my God. Uh, the police, my dad was a cop. The police came. <laughs> oh, they you buried the him. lead, Ginger oh no. Your dad was a cop? <laughs> yes. Oh,
0: my
2: God. <laughs> yes, they arrested my father. He went to jail. He called my grandmother, who went down and bailed him out. He took my grandmother back to the bookstore, made her watch. The no. police came again. <laughs> this time my grandfather showed up, and he's a cop as well. <laughs> so they were able to explain the situation to the officers and say, you know what, this is what he's just found out his daughters, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, that's when I got the phone call after Dad and Graham had just watched me being boned by Ron Jeremy, which is a disgusting image for anyone to see. <laughs> I
1: thought you said you got to choose who you found. That fought. was
2: uh, my, what happened was when I, did my, I decided to do my first film and I committed to it and I had all of these rules. I had script approval, cast approval, so much per scene. I was getting what the stars made and I'd never made a movie So I got cold feet before we started filming and I went to my agent and I said, what if I get there and I can't fuck? What if I, he said, all right, we're going to do a a practice run. You're going to do a couple of loops. Now loops were eight millimeter films with no sound. So these are the two. So the first day I didn't choose my men and the first person that showed up was Tom Byron and Tom Byron was so sweet and so young and so beautiful and we had the best. ever and then Ronnie walked in and I was revolted it was just (laughs) disgusting he was fat he was hairy he smelled bad and this was in his prime and it was still disgusting (laughs) and so I went to the director I went
1: to what would it be like for your dad to see you uh, fuck somebody who is literally like more disgusting and older than it, he it, is it, at the time. It was just
2: bad. It was wrong. So what I did with with my director was I said, "You know what? If I look at this man, I'm not going to be able to do the scene." <laughs> so we did the entire scene doggy style. Uh, the entire scene doggy. Style.
1: Uh, it's what married yes, women been have been doing, been doing for, for years.
0: <laughs> Kiss me baby. Now nah, flip me over, please. <laughs> Let <laughs> me at least somebody So, Ginger, was that the only else. time that you and
2: Ron had oh, sex? That's what, I did. that's what I did afterwards. It was okay. It was totally somebody else.
0: Oh, my. So, <laughs> was that the only time you had sex with Ron Jeremy? Unfortunately, not. No, <laughs> I. Uh... Uh, no, it,
2: it, it's a long story. I'll, I'll just say that I, I had sex with him two more times on film, but on my 21st birthday, on uh, he raped me during the filming of my first movie. Fuck. You know, I, I I I don't really want to. I don't want to go into the Ronnie thing anymore. It, okay. It's something that I've dealt with, put down, let go, and moved on from. So I'd rather just you know state that he's a pig, and I'm glad he's where he is, and he deserves to be there.
0: Asked and answered. (laughs) Right. Thank you. Thank you for saying that, Ginger Lynn. I appreciate it.
2: Absolutely.
0: Where do we go from there? (laughs) Okay, back to dad. Oh, we're going back to dad now. Here we go.
1: Well, because like a girl's relationship with her dad Oh back to Dad. It's- so
2: so dad and grandma are telling me grandpa's rolling over in his grave. I'm disowned. I'm not allowed to come over for Christmas. My brothers and sisters can't see me. I'm the oldest of four. And it took about six months before we uh were able to, to come to some sort of uh relationship again. And what I did was I sat down and I wrote my dad a letter and I basically said to him, You raised me to be Independent to stand up for what I believed in, to make good choices, to never do anything I'm ashamed of, to respect other people, to you know, and I, I went through this long list of all of these wonderful traits that my father had instilled in me, and I said, "This is the girl that I am," and I've made a choice to, to do this. But I'm the same girl that I would be if I worked at McDonald's or I was the president. I have all of the qualities that I love being in me, that you gave to me. And if you're not, not going to love me for who I am, then I don't want to be your daughter anyway, is the gist of what the letter said. And I got the cheerful phone call and, and the, you know, we're, we're too close and, and, you know, let's get through this. And my father was my best friend and he, he passed away in a motorcycle accident a few years ago. But for from the time I was, 21 until he died when i was 47 we were best friends he would go to oh. my appearances with me he would be my bodyguard he would take my Polaroids. uh he was at all of my conventions like the entire adult film industry knew ginger's dad
0: <laughs> that's so awesome that is so yeah, we awesome
2: sturgis every year we we rode to sturgis and did bike rally for two weeks every year for 19 years, we were just best friends.
0: You know, I I hear about how your father and your family initially reacted to you being in the porn industry and then how it evolved and changed. It's so funny how we shame many people who do that kind of thing. I mean, you're just having sex on camera. You're not murdering anybody. Nobody died today. You know, why is it treated, like, almost equal to that?
2: It's so hypocritical you know I, in my opinion if you're doing something that you enjoy and you're not hurting anyone there's nothing wrong with it
0: well said um and you and like and you're making a lot of money doing it obviously did, did you make a lot of money in the porn industry while you were in it i'd say in your your first round of it
2: you know i i, I did all right you know my scenes were between one and five thousand dollars per scene Plus, there was just, you know, my my $1,000 day for acting. I I was under contract, so I I had a retainer every month. But yet I was still allowed. That was for video. I was still allowed to shoot film for other people. I was one of the fortunate ones. I was, at the time, the highest paid adult performer in the industry. Um, When I made my comeback in 1999, that's when the big bucks came in that's when I I was making $50,000 per movie.
1: Holy crap. Now you work with a lot of younger actresses now and you interview them and stuff. Like how much money is in the industry now? Like what is the average big name star making? You know, I, 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 they're not making it on film.
2: The, the stars, I mean, as far as I know, the, the pay is anywhere from 300 to a couple grand per day, depending on who you are and what you're doing. Um, But that's for the big girls. Uh, They make most of their money on on different, like, sexpanther.com is a uh, a, a texting and phone call site that your fans can interact with you on. And so I do that on a daily basis, and it's a wonderful, wonderful way for the girls to make money outside of filming. Uh, There's also OnlyFans, which is uh, a website where the girls... Post things daily that are personal, only for their fans. Like I, I did one yesterday where I, I just, I, in every morning I take a bath. So I talk, took them into my bathroom, showed them all of my artwork on the walls, got into the bathtub, talked to them for a little bit. And so you know, you share what you do on a daily basis. If I'm cooking a dinner, I'll I'll spread out what I'm I'm making for dinner and and videotape that. If I'm playing with my dog, so if i if, if I want to masturbate, so there's a little bit of everything, so the girls that are making money today they the the big names are can make fifty grand a month easy between filming OnlyFans, and sex panther
0: Whew. couple of that's some, some yeah. that's some decent coin right there
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, oh, and a lot of the girls can.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. You know, we've spoken to cam girls in the past on this podcast. So, yeah, I know that it can be quite lucrative. Um, Ginger Lynn, do you mind if I ask you – I keep saying – I want to call you Ginger Lynn, even though one name. That's okay. Ginger Lynn. That was
2: when I was in trouble. My real name is Ginger Lynn Allen. And when I was – part of the reason I went with Ginger Lynn is the only time I was ever called Ginger Lynn was, was when I was in trouble. Ginger
0: Lynn. <laughs> You're and not in trouble.
2: So, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use Ginger Lynn. That's perfect. <laughs> it, it's a great
0: name. And the fact that it's your real name is is like you were destined to do this almost, right, when you think about it? <laughs> uh,
2: what was- well, luckily, luckily, I don't know if Ginger Lynn was de- the name, des- was destined to make me become a porn star. But had my mother been allowed to name me what she wanted to name me, I would have had to be a porn star. My mother wanted to name me Precious. Oh, God. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's oh, actually brilliant. God. And years later, when she was knocked down and everybody said, you know, no, we're naming your Ginger. She named her Cat Precious, So she really liked that name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can I ask you about your private life and while you were making adult films when you were, you know, starting and so on? What, what's it? I mean, I'm assuming you had a private life with boyfriends and stuff. And um, what was that like to be having sex on camera and then going home and having a private life and then having sex with your, the person you love? I, I don't know how you make the distinction between the two things.
2: I, I can't and I didn't. I never had a boyfriend during the time that I was filming. Um, wow. I, the, the, the last two months I did. And that's when my my head started telling me, okay, this isn't right for you anymore. And that was one of the promises I, I made to myself in the beginning was, if there ever comes a day where you don't like it, stop. Because I I never want to be a whore. I've been a slut all my life. I own it. I love it. <laughs> you know, sluts sluts are us. But a whore to me is someone who does something for money that they don't enjoy. And had I continued to film. I would have become a whore and that was just not something I was ready, willing, or ever going to do. You know, it's, it's so important to me to be true to myself and you know, you should love everything that you do. Life is so beautiful and there's so many wonderful things out there. And if you're not happy with what you're doing, make a change, do something different. You don't have to be stuck in something that you don't like and you don't enjoy. There's always something else out there, but you just have to believe in yourself.
1: So you talked a lot about how, when you were making porn, you just really love sex and you really enjoy doing it. I gotta know, like percentage wise, how many of your orgasms on film were for real, and how many were fakers?
2: It's about eighty 80% percent real.
1: 80%
0: Holy shit, real. girl! <laughs> I have the same the ratio. I, well,
2: as I was saying earlier, how important it was for me to enjoy myself. If you didn't mm-hmm. know how to make me come, I would make myself come by, you know, just flopping over into cowgirl. And that way I could grind my clit against your, your, your pelvic bone while you were fucking me. Uh, if you didn't know how to fuck, if you were a girl, I, I would just fuck your face. I (laughs) would
1: just slap it on there. I would
2: maneuver my body to make sure that you made me come.
0: Sex is different than it used to be. Well, no, it's not different than it used to be. It's the same. But the way it's presented, like you said earlier, is different. Like, you talk about it like you're actually on film back in the day, enjoying yourself. You're trying to give yourself an orgasm. Now, if you watch porn, I don't believe for a second that anybody's coming. I mean, the guy, yes, but I never believe it when the woman does, ever. Very few look like they're having a good time.
2: Right? I find the same problem, the same issue... I remember one of my last films when I decided, you know, on my third comeback, uh, I had a scene, and it was a movie where it was uh, me, Francesca Lay, and Kylie Ireland, and then they had 20-something-year-old girls. We were in our 40s, 20-something-year-old girls that looked like us. And I, I walked onto the set, and there was this adorable little blonde girl with with braids in her hair and knee socks. And she looked like a young me, and it was so, I was so excited. And I went up to her, and I said, "You know, so what do you like to do? And she goes, well, not girls. Oh. And it was just one of those, oh, if I had a boner, I would have lost it. <laughs> and so with her. Uh,
1: Goodbye, lady 20- boner. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I. I'm a twenty two year old or twenty two year martial artist. And so I just got her in in leg locks and and, and different holds so that she was literally locked between my legs and couldn't get out. (laughs) (laughs) That'll teach her, right? I just fucked that poor girl's face till I squirted all over it. She was mortified.
1: Oh, but yeah, you don't I, like I, it?
2: I, now ah! you do. I got, I got to come. I, I, you know, Whether she liked girls or
0: not, it was going to be a good scene. <laughs> well, for you it was. <laughs> Absolutely. So what's your relationship like with other women in the industry, and how has it evolved? I I'm imagine it would, would have been competitive when you started. And is it still that way?
2: You know what? It really wasn't the only person that I was competing with at all. Was Amber Lynn? Just because it was, everybody thought we were sisters, and it really we were. But it was, we were still so different. She was tall and thin and beautiful, and I'm short and a little spinner. But for the most part, the, the women up up until a couple of years ago, Amber and I were still really tight. And then she just went off the deep end, which she does with most people. Uh, but like Christy Canyon and I are best friends. I was the first girl that ever ate her pussy. I met her when she was eighteen, and we still see each other twice a month. And we live in different states. Wow! Uh, oh, Nina, that's Nina, nice. Her, yeah, it's 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 amazing. Thirty. We have a thirty-six year best friend relationship.
0: So you've been on another podcast that I have heard, and I won't even get into that because it doesn't matter. But I, I I I I I've been listening to that podcast, and I I I'm. I get the impression that it was almost like a tight knit little family though. The entire industry, you talk about 50 people. It sounds like there a lot of people had each other's backs in it. And, uh, yeah, it, it sounded quite loving actually.
2: We really did. It was such a small group and, and, you know, we, eighties was, was a time of cocaine. Fortunately, very few people that I worked with did cocaine on the set. It, it You get cocaine cock. You don't want to fuck. And I get cocaine cockiness when I did it. I just want to talk. <laughs> so it did not go <laughs> well for fucking. But what we would do is a lot of – it was almost a celebration after we filmed. That's when everybody – we would go back to my place, and we called it the pit because I had a sunken-in living room. And people would just – party and and fuck for days so we not only hung out during filming but after filming and a lot of times before filming
1: i have to know i mean you made a lot of films you fucked a lot of people of all the porn stars you fucked who do you think is your number one fuck of all time
2: oh you know there's different you know how there's some people you fuck some people you make love to everybody has their own I, I kind of judge it by the way you kiss is the way you fuck. If you're a mush mouth, you're going to be a mush fucker. If you're like darting it out really quick, that's the way you're going to fuck. Um, oh, my God. That's so that, true.
0: It it, it it really is. Oh, my God. Yes. Really okay, good. Thank you. That was a teachable <laughs> moment for me. <laughs> always,
2: always kiss before you fuck. That way you're going to know what you're getting into. Good. Um, and now I forgot the question. Who is your best fuck of all time? Oh, my best. Oh, so I, I'm going to give you a couple. I always loved Tom Byron. Always loved working with Tom Byron. Uh, Peter North came in at a, at a close second, and Eric Edwards uh, was tied for first and second just because we had a special kind of relationship. You know, Eric was a lover. Uh, Tom was just Tommy was open for anything and everything. Tommy was just fun. And Peter North was, you know, beer can. He, you know, he, he could shoot. And he was just such a reliable performer and so good looking and like one of the first good looking guys. And I love fucking Peter just because I would fuck with him. He had this thing about his hair, never touch his hair. <laughs> and I'm a little feisty one. You tell me not to do something and I'm definitely going to do it. So <laughs> Peter had a love-hate relationship with me because we had great sex, but I would always mess his hair up every single time.
0: <laughs> sex hair is a big part of sex, I've always said. You don't want to walk away with perfect hair. Then you're doing it wrong, right?
2: Exactly, exactly.
0: Ah, uh, Ginger, I love you so much. I think you are so awesome. And, you know, I hear the way you talk about uh, the porn industry and so on, and you look back on it, it sounds like fondly. I wonder if... I do. Yeah, you really sound like that. I wonder if there are other women who would have that same recollection of the business, because it seems like an industry that chews up people and spits them out, like you said earlier.
2: I think the women of my era... Had a lot better experience than the people of the, the women of, of today's era. You know, we had red carpets, we had caterers, we had. You know, if I, I wanted, I, I had a few mandatory things on the set:
1: artichokes, M&Ms, and champagne. <laughs> Those were my absolutely I, my... no asparagus though. No way,
2: <laughs> no asparagus. No. Well, the reason the artichokes is because, you know, you don't want to eat or drink because you're going to get a bloated belly. So artist chokes, I could just scrape that little piece of meat off, and I would feel like I was eating something, and it would last me forever. And m M&M and I could just pop in my mouth. And the champagne was just because it was fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I, uh, you're so fun. Like, so, so fun. Uh, I want to touch on one more thing bo- before we move on. Um, the pressure to have your bodies look a certain way, because you brought up the, the bloated belly and not wanting to look bloated. Uh, what about plastic surgery in porn? like how do you find things have changed better or worse
2: you know it, it, in the 90s everybody got the fake tits it was like that you know that I I know women who have had their noses done five or six times uh, amberlyn allegedly has had ribs removed uh, girls get butt implants now i you know i i, I don't even do botox i, I I just feel for me that I was blessed being an attractive person and I'm not like patting myself on the back. You know, there are just a lot of people that there are fewer attractive people than there are unattractive people. And so for me to be blessed with, you know, being an attractive person, uh, I I didn't really, I wasn't hard on myself about it at all. I, I just accepted it. You know, as as is, and and never never really dealt with with you know too many issues. But the, the plastic surgery for me personally, I, I didn't want to mess up. I got I got I was gifted with good parts, and I didn't want to change them. And the girls today, I the biggest new thing is is the butt implants. And I just if if it makes you feel better about yourself, go for it. Get your titties done. Get your ribs removed. Do your nose. Um, for me personally, I just want to be grateful for what I've been given.
0: Do you still love sex?
2: I do. I do still love sex. I don't have it every day like I used to. I used to wake up every morning and masturbate. That's how I started my day. Um, and now it, yeah, I, I have it a couple times a week. You know, I'm a little older now, and I've been with the same man for 11 years. So we, we have a good, healthy sex life. Couple times
0: a week after eleven years, woman. Does he have a brother? (laughs) Jesus Christ! The fact that you 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 know uh, the fact that you have this obviously similar libidos is awesome. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, you know, you've got to keep it fresh. You've got to keep it exciting. Um, You know, I'll just randomly. I, I gave my boyfriend a card. For Christmas one year, it was just a little index card, that, uh, like a, a business card-sized paper. And it said, this is good for one blowjob anytime you want. So he has a blowjob card that he can use anytime that he wants.
0: And But it and, sounds like he doesn't and, really need it. <laughs> no, but he doesn't I mean, need it.
2: No, I, I just go there. I'll get out of the shower, and he'll come into the bedroom and throw me in the bed and just start eating my pussy. Uh, no, we're still... We're, we're really lucky. I mean, we used to have sex three, four, five times a day when we first started dating. So the fact that we're still going at it the way we do is, is it's pretty wonderful.
1: Aww. <laughs> that's a okay. nice. So you, you said early in the podcast that you worship the wiener. And I got to know, as a woman who's seen a few wieners, what makes the perfect dick? For me personally,
2: it's one that will fit wherever I want to put it. Um, so, uh, I like a good, a, a six inch, six, seven inch cock is my favorite. I like some girth, but not too much because I want to be able to deep throat it. I want to be able to have it in my pussy and I want to be able to have it in my ass. And so it's, it's, it's really your average size cock that, that is my favorite.
0: Versatile. Not yeah. yeah.
2: Not a fan of the big bendy ones. Um, And the big ones are fun for a change. But, you know, you do, they they do take their toll. (laughs) It doesn't, you know, you've got to really be relaxed. You've got to really be wet. You've got to really, you know, adapt to that. And I've had a child. It was easier for me to give birth than it was to fuck John Holmes.
0: You know. <laughs> oh, line of the day. Thank you for that, Ginger. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh, my God. So, you know, the, the small dicked men are cheering everywhere who are listening to this. yay for the average cock (laughs) 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 well I would say so yeah you're an average dick and less they're like yes thank god at least it's not big and it's not going to hurt that can be their new like byline it won't hurt you exactly Exactly. and even the small ones you can still work with you know the small
2: ones are still going to hit your g-spot
0: that's right and if they know how to work right and if they can use their mouth you're even in a better place
2: look at me you're good to go
0: ginger do you hear me talking like i am a porn star i know nothing i've been married for 20 years (laughs) i know nothing i literally i lay there like a goddamn starfish i know nothing about nothing and i've already established that you not have a golden pussy it's not even bronze it's nothing worship the the wiener
2: it'll change your life
0: i'd like to be (laughs) what if i just want to be worshipped and i don't want to give in return can I do oh, that? Oh, well,
2: that's fine, too. Okay. I do that at times. I'll, I'll just go, I want my pussy licked, and, and and he'll do it. You know, we just have that yes, kind ma'am. of a, a relationship.
0: That sounds like a perfect relationship. Did <laughs> yep. you just lay, lay there eating your M&Ms and artichokes and get licked? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> Oh, life is good, huh? (laughs) my gosh. This has been so much fun. Oh, I love you, Ginger Lynn, so much. Uh, Can I just say, I know you are ranked number seven as uh, the number seven on the list of greatest porn stars, but girl, you're number one in our hearts. Oh, I love you guys. You're wonderful. Thank you so much.
1: (laughs) Thank you for being a part of the Quick and the Dirty podcast. Honestly, I can say this has been one of the most fun conversations we've had. Oh, and I'm so
2: happy that that I got to be a part of it. Thank you so much. It was absolutely fabulous. Oh, you love you. And can I just say on the way out um, that I love people. If if you want to follow me and know everything I'm doing, it's Twitter at Blame It On Ginger.
0: This episode is over, but the conversation doesn't have to be. Follow Hillary and Sandra on social Instagram at Hillary on Air, at Sandra Kiss 1053, Twitter at Hillary Welch at sandrakiss Kiss 1053, and on Facebook at Quick and Dirty Podcast. Got a question? Email Hillary and Sandra, the Quick and the dirty at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can download the podcast each week to your mobile device to listen offline. Find the quick and the dirty on FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your podcasts.